This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Hello. Welcome to Back of the Nest. That sounds different, doesn't it? This is Chris Hamling. I'm your host. Oh, my word. And it's all new, isn't it? Uh, First of all, before we get into anything else, let me just introduce my panel We've got Mr. Terence Ford. Hello. Hello, mate. Host of the preview pod. It's back, but in a with a new name. Certainly. I'm definitely going to get it wrong and have to re-record it many times, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it can take a bit of getting used to. We've also got Albert, who's got his hand up on the screen already. Hi, Albert. I thought for a minute there you were saying Terence has got a new name, but you introduced him as Terence. I got really confused. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, should we restart this? Uh, do you mean to have your uh, your on-screen chat hand up? Because you've got your on-screen chat. Hand yeah, up. yeah. I'm just putting it, putting you through your paces, mate, with a new system. All right, it's just yeah, it's gone off now. Just, I was just just wondering that's, how that's long because I'm talking. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just you know, oh, Terence, you want to speak as well now? Yeah, but just just checking your robustness, mate. That was all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get used to this. It's going to distract me, isn't it? You can already tell that mid-sentence, I'm going to notice it and get all confused. Um, Sorry, so you also, yeah, as well as Terence, we have Mr. Albert Curley. Why are you doing what you're doing me? That's twice. But, yeah, I'm very flattered. Did I? Well, yeah. 
Did I actually introduce you properly last Yeah, night? you did, because that's why I started talking about Terence. I don't remember saying Albert Curley. That's fine. Uh, listen, it, sometimes it's worth introducing me twice. Uh, Albert, let's be honest, it's the only time you're going to get done twice in these days, you know. Oh, well, you've just done me there. <laughs> that's quite enough of that. Hello, Mike. It's Mr. Mike Scott. Evening. It's, it's obvious the professionalism is, is reaching new heights, isn't it? It really is. I wanted to get this show out to ensure that we started on a strong note with the first ever Back of the Nest podcast. And I've already ruined it. Um, but, you know, who, who cares? Eh? Who cares? But anyway, that is my, my strong panel. And we've also got Mikey producing in the background as well. He's probably gone somewhere else uh, already, making himself a sandwich, maybe. Who knows? But um, anyway, so the first thing I want to do very, very, very quickly is obviously acknowledge that, uh, yes, okay, we've changed the name from Homestay Radio to Back of the Nest, but it's a lot more than that as well. Uh, by the time August rolls around, we will have released a brand new website, so many features on that, and we've got an absolute horde of new people getting involved. Um, there'll be all sorts of stuff, additional podcasts, video content, written articles, news, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be the one-stop shop for all fan content, other than, of course, uh, redandbluearmy.co.uk, Terence. will obviously be plenty of fan content on that as well, right? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, okay. You're considering it. All right. That's good news. Good news. So anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, thank you for joining us. And we're just going to take a little bit of time to test some of our software um, and also to talk a little bit about Palace. Um, and I suppose probably a little bit about the World Cup as well. Let's start there, actually. Uh, Terence. Um, warm-up games for England. Did you watch the two of them? Uh, I watched <laughs> neither of them. No, that's not that's, that's not technically true. Um, I was somewhere for the Nigeria game. I was on holiday, I think. I was out of the country. I was in Germany, so didn't see that one. Um, but a good result against, you know, it's a very good test, I think, against a side like Nigeria. Um, I did watch a large majority of the Costa Rica game. Um, I thought we were excellent from what I saw. Um, it was nice to see Loftus-Cheek in there, obviously, with his 100% passing, which is very impressive at any level. And, um, yeah, I thought we looked full of ideas, even with a second-string 11 in ways to open up his... Well, you've got to remember a Costa Rica team that did um, out-qualify us in the last World Cup. Absolutely right. And um, I was talking on uh, Love Sports to the host, Jake, on Thursday. He was saying that, you know, Southgate seems to have done a much better job than people would have thought in terms of sort of slowly developing a system and ensuring that the he's picking the system first, not the players first, which has perhaps been a criticism labelled at England managers in the past. What's your, what's your view on how Gareth Southgate's done? Yeah, I, th- I think it's right. He was asked, um, you know, are you going to practice with any other systems to for different periods of games? You know, if you're trying to hold on to a lead, you're trying to gain a lead, whatever. But he was very much like, no, this is the system. We're very much drilled in what we want to do with this three-five-two system. And I think that's right. He's not seemingly picking players um, and putting square pegs into round holes and stuff like that. He seems to have a plan. He wants to stick by that plan. And everyone seems to be buying into it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike, you get catch any of the two games? I did, yeah. I was slightly worried that Costa Rica game was putting us into a full sense of security. I remember before the Euros, we beat Portugal uh, and they ended up winning it. So I'm taking absolutely nothing out of it whatsoever. So you're saying uh, was... Costa Rica are winning the World Cup? <laughs> 
Uh, Nigeria, innit? It could be them. No, I, I, I just watched England lose to Scotland in the cricket, and that's much more in my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've just, I haven't actually been watching it at all. Just, but when, when, I don't know. The world's gone topsy turvy. Scotland beat us in cricket. I think England are going to win the World Cup. It's uh, not that any of their players are Scottish remotely, other than the captain and the the guy that got some runs. Like the, the guy that <laughs> the guy that got the last wicket had the the most rank Bradford accent going. So yeah, <laughs> goes back to the days where with uh, Jack Charlton's Republic of Ireland team and you know Cockney Andy Townsend and Tony Cascarino, who just who just wasn't Irish at all in any way, shape, or form. It was quite impressive. Albert, been engaged at all with England much? No. <laughs> Thinking Do you about know what? Genuinely, world? genuinely didn't know the Costa Rica game was on and then just saw a headline the next day that we'd we'd won. So, you know, I think that's the best way to do it. Are you thinking of sort of getting involved during the World Cup at all? Yeah, I'll watch it during the World Cup. But, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get too overexcited because we all know what happens. Oh yeah, we. Oh, I've been to you know a few people, particularly younger people, are sort of saying, "Oh, you know, this is our year. Look, we've 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 built ourselves up. We you know we've 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 done it the right way. We're picking the right players, and you kind of think you guys haven't been hurt enough. You haven't been left out, you know, let down enough by England. We know what it's really like to be an England supporter. And even if we do well, something will conspire against us to uh, knock us out of the tournament in either the quarter or semi-finals. That's what we do. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, and that's <laughs> that's the English way, or something similar. Um, I had a couple of questions in actually World Cup related. Uh, one was from Matthew Harrison on our uh, back of the next Crystal Palace chat Facebook group. You do have to ask to join it, but we will let you in, uh, and you'll only stay in it if you're a nice person. Though. We uh, we will remove imbeciles, um, but everyone in there seems very very nice. And Matthew Harrison has said, uh, oh. Some emoticons appeared to stop me reading it. Here we go. What does the what does the team think about Lucas slash Serbia's chances in the World Cup? I'm going to ask you, the Albert. First. Uh, well, they're in it, so you know that's and a good got, start, isn't it? You got to be in it to win it, right? Exactly. Uh, they've got they've got a fairly decent team. There's some, you know, Lucas obviously a hero. So I. I'm, I would probably say that they've got as good a chance as England. Make of that what you will. Terence? Yeah, I think they've got a really difficult group. I mean, Brazil is obviously going to run that group over, you'd imagine. Um, Costa Rica, we saw them not so great against England the other night, but we know what they did at the last World Cup, and their squad is largely the same. And then Switzerland, uh, you know, one of the best performing teams across Europe in the last four years or so. So it's it's going to be really tough ask for them in that group. But, you know, they've... Had a really impressive result the other night, winning 5-1, I think it was, against Bolivia. Mitrovic getting a hat-trick. So, um, you know, they've got, you look at their squad, especially their starting eleven. they've got some really good players in there. So um, any, anything can happen in that group, really, for between Switzerland, Costa Rica and Serbia. There is that sort of uh, Mitrovic subplot for Palace fans, isn't there? Because there's the Luka and Mitra bromance where, <laughs> where they're always in pictures together and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Roy went on record about about how impressive Mitrovic was for Fulham. Uh, Mitrovic has said he would be up for a move to Fulham because he likes London. Is there a possibility you'd like to see us sign him? I'd love to see us sign him. Whether we can afford him, I'm not so sure. Um, you know, Newcastle might 
I think they're going to sell. I think his stock's quite high, especially just scored an international hat trick. If he goes to the World Cup and grabs himself two or three goals in that, then obviously his stock's going to be high. And Fulham are obviously very, very interested in signing him. But um, for us, I don't know. I think Newcastle would be cheeky and sort of lean on uh, sort of Andros Townsend in return, probably. I think that would be their standpoint. They could have uh, Benteke, maybe. Like that. Um, uh, no, no, I, th- I, I think I still think Benteke financially on our balance sheet would be worth more than Mitrovic is. So I, I can't see the club doing that. Fair enough. I see it's an int- interesting, like I say, interesting little subplot. I, I'd quite like him uh, at the club as well. When you talk about affording him, and particularly it's that, that weird thing, isn't it? When the the teams that have just come up have a, a fair bit of spending power, particularly on wages, because there there's a big gap that they can close in those those first few years. And, you know, we saw it ourselves. And, um, you know, that's why it seems to be that the, the promoted teams are able to, to kind of match people for spending straight away. So, yeah, we'll be a... They haven't been ruined by promise yet. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, chances are we will end up at Fulham. But I'll be interested to see if we go for it, particularly if there's any movement outwards from our squad. Mike, Serbia um, obviously will have Luca, And we know how much of a, an influence he is on the Palace side. Uh, are they your second team at the uh, at the cup? I was or just first, maybe. just about to say, yeah, definitely my second team. And and like if they get a penalty, you know they're going to score it with them in the side. Uh, yeah, I'm quite excited for them. I I, I reckon that on their day they could beat Switzerland. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be tough for them. I'm not sure who they get in the second round if they qualified either. If they qualified second, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably rank England's chances a lot better with the draw that we've got. But sure. Um, another World Cup question, and you can take this one straight away, if you like, Mike, uh, and that is from Mark Borici. Uh, and he says, after Loftus-Cheek's successful spell at Palace resulted in the England call-up, do we think that Palace under Hodgson is the best destination for young players? And who could Palace attract next season? Oh, that's a that's a big question, Mark Bonici. Uh yeah, I, I thought he was going to go that in the direction of. Do you think we're going to get Loftus Cheek? Because we're, we're obviously not. Um, oh, it's, it's. I wouldn't say it's bad. Um, see that they've given professional contracts to um, a good few players, including James Daly, not that one. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't see why not. It's a bit of an irony that the man's seventy-one years old, um, and he's the place where young players would go. But um, I can see, I can see that rationale. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point, isn't it? And there's obviously, uh, I've been sort of scouring the uh, the rumours on the BBS and various other places to see who we're being linked with. Um, and we'll talk about a few of those in a bit. I mean, I suppose my answer to that really would be, you know, who could we attract? It's who do we want, really? You know, do we have that same situation? We're worried about blocking our own players. We're already being linked with right-backs. And obviously people want to see Wan-Bissaka kind of start the season in that position, I think. Yeah, I mean, it depends how, how young you're talking, but there's only so many players that Hodgson could take a risk on, and he's he's had to. Like, his, his hand was forced with injuries last season. I don't see him making massive gambles this season. I see him taking on the kind of utility players that you'd expect him to take on um, that will give a bit more stability and stop people talking about a one-person team and that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not sure we'd be taking on, like, 19-year-old prodigies or anything like that. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, I mean, you mentioned in that, Mike, about uh, Loftus-Cheek. In your view, is we, we have no chance. Terence, what's your opinion on that? I'd, 
I don't know. I mean, we in an ideal world, we needed him to kind of flop in an England shirt. Um, and that's obviously not happened. So I think any chance that we've had of signing Loftus-Cheek has, I think the ship has sailed and we're going to have to look elsewhere. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, it does feel that way. But, you know, then you start thinking, well, you, obviously he's had these, he's made some comments himself where he said that the spell at Palace has proven to him that he needs first-team football. He wants to be playing every week. Um, I think it was yet, yet today or yesterday he actually made these comments that after the World Cup, that he's, whatever he does, that his decision will be based on that. Uh, and it's interesting because he's probably not going to get that kind of a guarantee at Chelsea, whether they want, want to sell him or not. Um, it all, I suppose, a lot depends on, you know, managers, <laughs> things like that. But um, you know, I do, I do have the feeling that if we're if we're in the race for him, and there's not a massive club there um, that we might, well, we certainly would have a sniff of a chance. But um, as you say, it's probably got a little bit unlikely. I mean, Alba, we've got a, if we don't get him, we've got to replace him, haven't we, in, in the squad? So it's a it's a big challenge ahead for the summer. Yeah, completely. I mean, I'd like I'd like us to I'd like us to sign him for the right price. Um, you know, I was, I was very very critical of him first half of the season, but when he, you know when he came back from injury, we all saw what he was capable of. And I was on the sports bar uh, with Goldstein and Cundy the week before last, and I was on with a Chelsea fan who was crying out for Loftus Cheek to get a chance in the Chelsea team. But even even he was you know, pretty realistic in the fact that you know they they. They've taken a massive gamble on Ross Barkley. Danny Drinkwater doesn't get a look in. So he sort of seemed to think that Loftus-Cheek would struggle to get in at Chelsea, which, you know, again, seems to be the sort of consensus. But it's who else comes in. I can see a club like Everton coming in for him, maybe, who are obviously a bit more, got a bit more stature than us. But, you know, it's the lure of London. And he, kn- he knows that he, he sort of fits in with us. So, you know, if we can get anywhere near the numbers that Chelsea want and that other clubs are offering, then, you know, why not? I don't see, I, I wouldn't rule it out. It's, it's unlikely, but I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of people kind of in, in that camp, really. Uh, Terence, one player we have signed. Uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to pronounce it Bicente Gaeta because that's what it says on Wikipedia. <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> you know, uh, but... Obviously, there was a lot of negativity around it because his agent seemed to be hawking him to other clubs when we'd already made the signing. It was pretty clear we'd made the signing, seeing as Roy Hodgson announced it. I think Steve Browett confirmed it, and it, you know everyone knew we had signed him and he was going to join us on the on the first of July. Uh, the club obviously now confirmed that. Um, it's difficult because obviously the majority of us won't have seen him 
play in any meaningful way. But obviously Wayne took a lot of stick uh, um, last year, although ironically ended the season pretty strongly. Uh, what's your feelings on that signing and what it means? Is He's here to be number one, right? Oh, certainly. And you're just looking at the season Getafe have, bearing in mind that they got promoted last season and they have ended the, go- the season with a positive goal difference. Now, we know how difficult that is in the Premier League to um, gain a positive goal difference. And usually in the Premier League, it's down to about eighth place. In the, in La Liga, it's Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona pretty much who have a plus goal difference. So for a newly promoted team to achieve that is absolutely outstanding. And obviously a lot of that is on the back of his goalkeeping and keeping clean sheets. Obviously his defence plays a big role in that. But um, you just can't be anything but impressive his stats. And looking here, we've basically, arguably, because he plays with Getafe, signed the best or second best, third best goalkeeper from the Liga. So happy days. Yeah, any sort of shades of Steve Mondonda that worry you a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steve Mondonda came in very high stock. Uh, France is number two, pushing Hugo Lloris for the number one spot. Um, very, very highly rated card on FIFA. Um, <laughs> and it, and <laughs> it all important. just went horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just didn't settle. And that's, I suppose that's the only potential worry there, that, you know, someone without Premier League experience, are we playing in front of a defence that doesn't know him and, you know, I, I presumably, I don't know where how much English he speaks, but uh, I guess we'll, guess we'll see. Can't be that much different to having someone Welsh play behind you, can it? <laughs> no comment. Lovely boys. Anyway, <laughs> uh, right, uh, Albert, you can take the next one. It was a question from oh. Stefan of this parish, uh, but he's uh, taken one of the most recent uh, rumours which you may or may not be aware of, so it's a bit, a bit of a test for you. It's Stuart Armstrong of Celtic. Central midfielder, a couple of seasons back, scored 17 goals from central midfielder. Only got a, about four or five last season. Uh, nice YouTube clips, but plays plays in that league for a big team. So thoughts on that? The last, the last player we signed from the Scottish League that had a good YouTube reel was Andy Dorman. So... <laughs> I'm not falling for that. <laughs> One's hey. bitten, my friend. Um, well, you know, yeah, I, I, I can't profess to know. I've I've read the articles and I've seen, I've seen the you know the rumours, but I can't profess to know anything about him. So, uh, you know, if the I, I don't know how much they're asking for, um, but you know, he plays for obviously the he's in plays for the best side in Scotland. You know, it's not much of a uh, contest, really, is it? But um, you know, if he's a promising player, then why not? Four mil, 26 years old, teabag, you've got your hand up. Yeah, just Albert, he's hanging you out today, boy. Um, did you watch the game? <laughs> no. How are Serbia going to do? No idea. Stuart Armstrong, who? <laughs> Brilliant. I, I, I'm, I'm much with you. I, I don't know. I don't watch that much Scottish football, if I'm honest. It's, it's hard to know. So many people come down from Scotland and flop. Andy Dorman's one example of many. Um, and of course, he played for Dundee United, which is the wrong Dundee. So, true, <laughs> very true. Look, uh, me and Mike are going to rescue this because we know all about Scottish football. Mike, uh, Stuart Armstrong, right? <laughs> yeah, seasoned uh, Scottish football pundit. Um, no, I mean the the main thing is from from the rumours I've been reading. Um, this is a, a Dougie Friedman initiative, and that fills me with ha- sort of hope because um, you know that's why he was brought in for that job. Uh, and it sounds as though if he's doing his homework, 
He's decided he knows the Scottish leagues better than other people and he thinks he can grab a bargain. It does concern me a little bit that Selwick didn't play him a lot last season. Having said that, um, we've lost lost, uh, lost Loftus-Cheek and if he's going to be at least one of the replacements, uh, four million, you know, it's it's a gamble that's pretty easy to take really isn't it um he seems to be really respected up there Uh, a lot of the Celtic fans their instant reaction was no you're not having him and that that's that's a good sign um you know if they if they they ultimately uh, got their tails up over it I think that's that's a good thing well I mean from from again it's from YouTube clips one of the real positives I thought was uh he's scoring a lot of long-range goals he's clearly got a decent touch you know again you're trying not to judge the defending too harshly and in fairness it didn't really look like he was being handed anything on a plate uh he looked very very accurate with his long-range uh shooting um and very very mobile for a for a central midfielder but he was popping up in good goal scoring positions a little bit macarthur-esque dare i say so and we've got you know a relatively good track record for you know scottish players playing for us right David Goodwillie. Other than that one, <laughs> you know, Ducky Ducky was pretty handy, wasn't he? Uh, MacArthur's obviously Paul good. Yeah. Paul Dickoff was great. Who was well, the uh, Who was the Scottish striker we had on loan from West Brom? Uh, Craig. Oh, Craig Beatty. Craig Beatty. Yeah, Scottish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was decent. He was. He yeah, had a good. Right. He had a good little loan spell for us. We definitely wanted to keep him, but um, obviously didn't. Yeah. You know, look what happened to him afterwards. I don't genuinely don't know. You know, he, he went back to Scotland and scored a bunch of goals. Actually, well, there you he's go. done all right. <laughs> um, Mike, I'm going to give you an easy one. Bring back Balassi. Do we? Can we? Could we? Would we? Well, supposedly, I was reading today um, that there was a a large poll, and 90 percent of Palace fans said yes. Um, when I put something on the Instagram page, it was not 90 percent of people saying yes. Um, I, I would be I would be very excited to have him back. Um, you know, he's had a he's had a bit of a tough time at Everton. I know he's had injury problems, but he's not really fitted in. Um it, I think it probably depends how Silver would relate to him or not. I think he'll probably wait on that. Um but if if the sort of sixteen million mark is what they're talking about, then I think that that's an absolute bargain. And when people have automatically said, um, you know, we've got Townsend, well, we, we need depth. We need depth to the squad. We were talking about plenty of times last season, um, you know, when someone was injured, there was no one to cover him. So, you know, if you've got Townsend, Balassi and Zahar, then you've got a real stronghold. Um, and I'd, I'd like to see that happen. Um, I think 16 million would be an absolute bargain for him. Yeah, I'm genuinely worried though. I don't think, I don't think we have that much money to spend, you know, based on all the stuff with the accounts that has been going on. There's obviously been something in the background that we're not really privy to um, and just piecing all the pe- things together. I just, I'm really not sure we're going to be going mad in the transfer market this year, unless we actually have outgoings. And when you, when you look across the board, who are the outgoings going to be? We can't sell Tompkins. We can't sell Sacco because we literally have no one else at the back. Um, we've got like Martin Kelly, a standby and uh, Yaroslav Yak, uh, who, pff, by all intents and purposes, didn't have a great do a great job in the under twenty threes. We obviously we're trying to desperately sign Ward now after missing out on Fredericks, which would have been a nice young free transfer and a, a lot cheaper across the board. And we got Wan Bissaka, uh, Schlupp, and Van Arnholt left back. Um, that's our cover there. Central midfield. 
I would have thought if Kabai was going to leave, we would have heard about it by now. So I'm kind of confident that Kabai is going to stay on. Um, it'll be interesting to know what the wage deal he gets with that. Um, I'd expect it to be considerably lower than the 100 odd grand a week he's on now, being 32. Uh, but there's we haven't got much depth across the midfield um, and we need to add someone there and we'll probably have to use the loan market for that. And then we're not selling Zaha. We've only got Benteke and Surloff up front and then obviously Wickham, depending how he comes back and if he can, um, you know, pick up the stack and come away from. And then and then there's Townsend and Townsend's probably the only one with any value to his name there. So, and who we'd, who we might sell. Um, I'd, I know that sounds crazy, but I'd, and to go and get Balassi back from Everton, they're not going to want to cut their losses to a massive extent. And you'd imagine the money that it would cost to get Balassi would be just as much as we could probably get for Townsend anyway. So is it, wor- is it worth yeah. doing it in that sense? Well, I mean, all the articles that I, I read um, were of the idea that initially Benteke is going and that would be um, that would be the player that would be brought in. But as with all of these, there's probably one source that's then been copied by about 17 other papers and websites. Um, so I don't know how much truth is in it, but I think you're right there. I mean, if Stuart Armstrong is around the four, four and a half million mark and that's what they're, they're looking at, then I think you're, you're right on the money with the, the, the budget restrictions. Yeah, I do. I do think we're, we're certainly going to be looking at free transfers as well. Very, very closely, I suspect, but, uh, it's still, I still think there's a lot of squad building to do. We'll probably spend the next five or so minutes talking about that before we before we finish. Albert, I just think going through what Terence was saying, you know, na- naming the the saleable assets, as it were, you know, Benteke, Zaha, you know, even Townsend. If, if we, we all season we've been saying we, we need backup to those players, so if, even if you sell Townsend and bring in Balassi, for my money, you, you still need to find someone else who can sort of play. You know, third third fiddle on the wing, um, whether that's Bakary Sacco re-signing, I don't know. Or, you know, someone's got to fill Chungi's, you know, the massive void left by him. <laughs> um, and, you know, Benteke. Even if we sell Benteke, um, let, let you know, let's let's p- pick a dream figure out there and say we get thirty million for him. We then got to go out and find two strikers. You know, that to, that that are only going to cost thirty million. And you know, how much quality is that going to get you? Yeah, I think there's certainly got to be a few risks taken. I think in the to, to fill out the squad. Um, you know, and again, maybe a couple of youngsters. We've also got to remember that there's a couple of players, you know, in the academy that could could feature. I mean, aside from Wan-Bissaka, there were there was a lot of talk about Luke Dreyer before he got a couple of, of bad injuries. Uh, and the general feeling I understand is that he would have featured uh, in some form in the, in the first team, certainly squad and bench um, and would have been an option in the central midfield there. They they genuinely think that highly of him. Whether he's up to the sort of physicality of the Premier League, I suppose, is the question, but they certainly believe that he has the talent. Um, it's just such a shame that, that he's got held back with those injuries. Obviously, Johnny Williams comes back to the squad as well. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Hey. Yeah, well, I, I think Johnny Williams ships out a long time ago. Um, poor guy. Uh, but, uh, you know... In terms of we've got to talk about loans as well because we're going to have two of those to use. And Chelsea are probably going to be encouraged by the work we've done with Loftus-Cheek. And obviously we've had um, uh, Loic Remy offer them in recent times, but now they've trusted us with a young asset and we've done well. 
you're looking to what sort of knock it around there. They've got Tammy Abraham. He's obviously coming back from Swansea this season. That could be someone that might fill a void up front. But I think now you're going to see the bigger clubs, as we mentioned a little bit further up, uh, trusting Roy Hodgson to develop their players. Yeah, well, there we go. Uh, as suggested by Mark uh, in, his, in his message earlier, which, yeah, that, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, for me, we do, certainly as Albert was suggesting, we need, we need an extra winger. Uh, I know we've offered a, a contract to Bakary Sacco, but I mean, we saw him almost, well, he was converted to a to a striker. And I, I do wonder if he would ever, would ever bother playing him on the wing again, because he's certainly more effective as a, as a sort of out-and-out forward. Um, he, and that's assuming he doesn't take another option and actually signs on with Palace. But actually, what do we what do we make of him being offered another contract? It, I, I thought that one sort of almost came out of the blue for me. I know he did a good job with a, with a few goals, but over the course of his uh, sort of, what was it, two, three-year contract, I don't necessarily think we got particularly great value there. I haven't asked anyone in particular who hasn't spoken for uh, Mike? Well, I, I know, um, obviously, because he was a free transfer, his wages were high. Um, I don't know how that affects things again, but I, I get the impression that the, the, the weekly wages is equally as important as the signing on fees. And if he's going to be <clears throat> 50 grand again, then, um, you know, he's going to have to be offering something pretty decent because I, I don't think that's the kind of income that they want to be throwing at players that are not going to feature. Um, I think you're right. If he is playing up front, um, then we definitely need another a winger. But, um, you know, if we've got Wickham, him um, and and Surlock, then perhaps that's all they think's needed, especially with the false nine thing that he was playing for a lot of last season. Um, that would mean that we'd need someone like Belassi. Yeah, I think Sacco will be much like Kabai. I don't think he's going to get a deal unless his money pretty much halves. So yeah. if he does sign, and and I suspect he will, you've got to remember he's, he's coming back from a broken ankle. Um, you have no idea how that's going to affect him. I think it's easier for us to take a gamble on him than it is for anyone else. Except Wolves. I mean, Wolves, I get the impression, are still still sort of slightly keen, still starry-eyed from what he did with there before. But uh, I haven't heard anything about it in a while. So, Jason Punchin. No one's mentioned Jason Punchin. No. No, you're right. No, no one has. Uh, it's a good point, you know. When, when everyone's talking about sort of the, if you look at the squad the midfield looks a little light but we've all we have kind of forgotten punch um it's a difficult one isn't it because i was never one that, that hated on him at all but i did feel his effectiveness sort of had, was had lessened and he clearly was was out of favor at the time of his injury um so it not only was his form arguably poor when he was last playing but He's since had a very, very serious injury. So, would you pick him, Albert? Uh, I certainly don't think he's in contention to start. But, you know, again, <laughs> I mean, I was joking before, but when I, when I said someone needs to fill Chungi's void, I think Jason Punchin's the perfect person, you know, just on the bench, maybe come on for the last five, ten minutes. Um, I mean, he's, we're obviously not going to get rid of him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do, I, you know, I certainly agree in that his effectiveness had certainly won't, apart from that wicked tackle on Kevin De Bruyne. That was <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see him coming back, A, from an age and fitness point of view and, you know, an, an ability side of things. I don't think he's going to come in and, and transform our team. So it's, yeah, is he, is he just become a bit of a filler player? 
No, he'll come back and have a belting season. No, um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, he, got to buy a new one. He, <laughs> he slows the transition of play down too much, I think, for Hodgson's style. Um, you know, they they try to make things happen quickly, and Punchin's too slow. So he'd, the only chance he'd have is have to move back out wide, and I I, I just can't see how he's going to fit in. No, it doesn't really work for me either. For, you know, those those are really good reasons why. You know, it was all, I already had an issue with him when he played out wide. You know, cutting back in, slowing it down, knocking it in field. You know, it was great. It's great when you're in a winning position and you want him to control possession a little bit. But even then, we you know there were times where we just gave up the impetus in a in a game because of it. Uh, but who knows? You know, you, you should never really write anybody off. Um, entirely because people can surprise you. I was looking through the Palace videos today uh, watching their season review, which was a great little video, but I noticed the Chef Kikuchi one on there and it just, I just kind of thought, had that whole memory of what happened with him. How he was absolutely terrible for us. Uh, they went out on loan and came back and somehow managed to get to sort of almost cult hero status by, you know, knocking in the goals and playing like a, like a decent player for a while. It was, it just reminds, reminded me not to, not to write anybody off too quickly. So it used to be, but now he's all right. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, those were the days, Terence, weren't they? Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember him? walking in a coochie wonderland? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much sarcasm back on the terraces back then. It was great. The terraces trying to make it sound like it was 1970s, but anyway, um, yeah, sure. We'll leave that there for now. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for uh, for joining joining us today. Um, what I will say, I better, I better thank these people first. Cheers to Mikey for producing, to Mr. Mike Scott, Mr. Terence Ford, and Mr. Albert Curley. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, hope you enjoyed it. And if you've got any suggestions of anything you'd like to see, um, and we also just want genuine genuine feedback on things like audio quality and you know how different it sounded, all that kind of stuff. If you can. Get hold of us via our many social medias at Back of the Nest on Twitter. Probably the same on Instagram, isn't it, Mike? Uh, Back of the Nest CPFC. There we go. Uh, and also a couple of Facebook pages. There's the main Back of the Nest page. And there's the Back of the Nest Crystal Palace chat page as well. Uh, and obviously we will at some point have various uh, posts on forums and all that kind of stuff as we near the season the website will be launched sometime in august uh, but no doubt we'll do a few pods before then as we'd like to sort of get back in the saddle as it were. anyway cheers for listening back soon bye if you leave me now you take away you really the f- up the recording <laughs> Oh no, baby please don't go <laughs> If you leave me now, you'll really f*** up the recording of the podcast. Oh no, baby, please don't go. <laughs> it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.